0: Vitality Media presents The Mike and Moe Show. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Calandrillo and Maurice Moe. Welcome to episode 35 of the Mike and Mo Show. I'm Mike Calandrillo from Orlando. He's Maurice Moulton from Brooklyn. And together, we are about to do this thing. Episode 35. Welcome, as I said, a lot going on in the world of sports. We've got the NFL. Guys are getting hurt. Some guys are playing good, some guys are not. We're going to talk about all that. MLB playoffs, the postseason is really, really, really good right now. Mo's even watching it, so you know for that to happen, it's got to be entertaining. Uh, we're gearing up for the NBA. We got we got a lot of lot of BS being spoken across the court. It's going to be a fun season, so uh, we're gearing up, but this game's going on right now as we speak. We've got the Dodgers just taking the lead over the Washington Nationals, and we've got a game in San Diego, which is really confusing and some really, really bright uniforms with the Chargers and the Broncos. But for- Before before we get into all that, Mo, welcome to the show, and I'm really interested to see and get everyone's reaction about your cold opening.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to get straight into it. As you guys know, and if you've been listening, I've been supporting Ryan Tannehill for the past, I don't know, two months. I've been touting him as the next best thing because he's got Adam Gase there, he's got an offensive line with three first-rounders, he's got a pretty good wide-receiving core, but he let me down last week. And if you know me, you, you just don't let me down. Like, you, like I depended on Ryan Tannehill to pull me out of a bye week. Should I should have say an injury week because Cam Newton didn't play due to concussion last week. So I had to depend on my backup quarterback in all three of my leagues. Well, two of them. And Ryan Tannehill was obviously my starter. And I expected him to deliver at least 12 points against the Tennessee Titans. And he gave me a grand total of, I believe it was three points. Yep. Yes. Three points. Tannehill gave me three points. Uh, So, of course, I went 0-3 in my fantasy football leagues this week. And I dropped Ryan Tannehill on Wednesday. And I cannot support him for the rest of the season. And there's (laughs) good reason for that. Uh, Adam Gase is basically blaming the offensive line. As I said, three first-rounders on that offensive line. That should not be the problem. And then they have a backfield that's that's pretty much very basic. I know Arian Foster is supposed to come back with injury, but even if he does, he's still iffy. He cannot play a full game with as many snaps with his body as brittle as it is. So you got JHI in there, and that's just not enough to support Ryan Tannehill. And then if you're complaining about the offensive line and you can't run the ball, that puts a lot of pressure on your quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill is just not playing well right now. And then you got Jordan Cameron, who's concerned about his NFL future, rightfully so, because he's dealing with a concussion. That All of that mixes up into a bad recipe for Ryan Tannehill, and I just cannot support him as the ne- next best thing at quarterback this season because it, it just doesn't fit for me. If you got Jarvis Landry still, which I do in one of my leagues, you can hold on to him because he still gets his numbers. I believe he has over 400 receiving yards. But other than that, it's time to jump ship on Miami. I thought they would be a lot better. I thought they would actually challenge the Patriots with the AFC East with the Jets having a rough schedule. Obviously, that's not going to happen. They do have a favorable schedule coming up because I believe they have three games in Miami with a bye week smashed in between there. But at this point, it doesn't really matter because the team as a whole, the offense just isn't operating as it should under Adam Gase. And I don't question Gase. I, I question Tannehill. And again, Moral of the story: I apologize to my fans who trusted in my fantasy advice, but this one you are just gonna have to scrap it and throw it away. Ryan Tannehill, if you got him, if you have hoping him carrying your team to a playoff game, it's not gonna happen. At least not this year.
0: I got three words for you: <laughs> told, told you, so. you so. I mean, I mean, yeah. there's really nothing else to say. I've been, uh, I've been a an advocate to not be a fan. Uh I don't know again, I don't still don't know why you were, but I'll give you credit for sticking with them as long as you possibly could. Um, I beat you last week in one of those fantasy leagues I felt real good about that Especially after you blasted me out that I was 0-4 Well, I'm no longer 0-4 I'm 1-4 because I beat Mo So, uh, yeah, it was a good week I mean, I had Tom Brady, he came back He looked like the Tom Brady of old And, uh, yeah, we're moving on I mean, honestly, the Dolphins are a terrible team They've got horrible uniforms Their fans are pretty bad It's just a it's a, it's a clash, total disaster In Miami Abandoned ship um, it's really the state of Florida it doesn't have very many good football teams at the moment, so I don't really know what to say. But um, I I give you credit for spilling the beans, Mo.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Last year, you look at his the previous two years before this year, he had over four thousand yards and he had twenty seven TDs, twelve picks, twenty four TDs, twelve picks. He was pretty consistent to keep his interceptions low and his touchdown total was in the twenty. So I figure. Yes, if you get a guy who knows how to run on offense like Adam Gates and he's gotten the respect from your boy Peyton Manning, then he should improve on those numbers and give me about 30-something touchdowns and maybe drop the interceptions into the single digits. But he's on pace to eclipse his interception rate, and he's he's on pace to have, a, you know, not even hit 20 touchdowns. So. You know, it's like what? What do you do at that point? And and you can't. It's like I don't want to question Adam Gates because he has a good track record. He's been with Peyton Manning. He did well with Jay Cutler. It's got to. It's got to be Ryan Tannehill. And again, he's behind a on paper a pretty good offensive line. They they drafted Tunzel who dropped. Had him play guard. Maybe one of the. Maybe they should have him at tackle, which is his natural position. But again, they had three first rounders in the offensive line to protect him. I understand that the running backs are a little shaky, but I, I just saw so much in Tannehill, the improvement that he could have, and he's just taking a huge step back. And it's it's just so disappointing that it had to end this way after five games. I don't know, like, maybe the home stretch will do him some good, but I just think that Miami's situation is just so toxic right now. And I, I know they, they have a new head coach. They got Mike Tannenbaum there. But it's just, it's just not working for them right now. Well,
0: to, so, to, to, to reiterate, I'd rather have Old Noodle Arm, Peyton Manning, or Jay Cutler than Ryan Tannehill. But that is it for the cold open. We'll be right back. We're going to talk the Charges Broncos. Stay tuned. Open mic. Well, the fourth quarter is winding down in San Diego, and as we stand, the Chargers look like they're going to get their second win of the season. Uh, They're currently up 21-10, but the big news coming out of San Diego was that if the Chargers were to drop this game, were they going to be looking to replace their head coach? Was Mike McCoy going to be out? obviously this game's gonna give him a little bit of rope uh but word was that Ken Wisenhunt was gonna be the man to take over the position now we've known that you know he's been a head coach before uh with Tennessee he was also this is his second stint with the Chargers and this year alone he's got the passing offense up to fourth and you know obviously the rushing offense uh Melvin Gordon's having a big year six touchdowns scored but it's still 20th but regardless Wisenhunt is doing the job now Moe uh, obviously this game is going to give him like we said a little bit more time to see what he can do but is, is this a guy for the long haul for this Chargers team or is it really just the fact that there's too many injuries
1: i, I think there's a multitude of things going on here first of all football games this year have, have been very close and i know this as a person who covers the raiders the raiders have won their last three games by a combined 11 points every raider game has been close even the game that they lost and they only lost by seven to the falcons so, the ball can bounce in your favor or outside of your favor at any given time. And I don't want to say bad luck, but it, I mean, it happens when you can have a good team and you just lose a lot of games on happenstance. Now, I wouldn't pull the trigger on Mike McCoy so quickly. I would give him a chance only because it seems like the Chargers players really like him. Because if you're looking at the game right now, and I remember I just watched that uh, safety a while ago. And Mike McCoy is pumping his fist in, in happiness, and the players seem happy for him. If, if the players didn't believe in a head coach, they wouldn't play hard for him. They'd be dead in the water because, as you said, the injuries, they lost Keenan Allen, their top wide receiver. They lost Jason Verrett, their top cornerback, and a multitude of other players, Danny Woodhead being another one. And they're still playing hard. And you got to remember, they're in all of these games. It's not like they're getting blown out of the water. It's just that they have a boneheaded mistake Within the last two minutes. Like they lost to the Raiders last week and it was a bobble snap. Now they got Kellen Clemens in there holding the uh the, the kicks and the punts and stuff like that. But it's 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 a hard it's a hard thing to to dissect because like I said, any football game you can lose just by the bounce of a football one way or another. I wouldn't get rid of Mike McCoy. I know the beat writers in San Diego have been calling for his head, but you're gonna bring up the name Ken Wisenhunt Ken Wisenhunt was was, I believe. If I'm looking it up right now, he was three and twenty as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. That's what you want as your head coach—a guy who's been three and twenty with his last team. I know he had a good run with the Arizona Cardinals, but most recent with the Tennessee Titans and over the last two seasons, three and twenty, and they ran him out of Tennessee. So I, I say pump the brakes, let the guy finish the season, see where you end up. You got Philip Rivers again. If you have a franchise quarterback, any- anything's possible, as Kevin Burnett would scream out and say. But I'm glad that the Chargers are playing hard for their for their head coach because it really shows that they, they believe in this guy.
0: Yeah, and the one thing that's apparent if you watch this game, uh, this Hunter Henry kid, this tight end out of Arkansas, he could play. Uh, he's He looks like he's going to be the guy to take over Antonio Gates's job, uh, you know, probably this year because Gates is just he's not being targeted yet. I think he has two catches right now, and henry's you know, over fifty yards, got another touchdown. He had one last week. He looks really good. So there are a lot of pieces, and who knew? Who knows if this Charger team had even half of those guys back that you know are lost for the season, could be a total different story. uh You know, I think they're one in ten in their last uh, ten games and playing in the AFC West. So you know, it's just you know a lot of bad luck right now, and you know that that is football. But staying with football. We're actually going to talk about Colin Kaepernick because he's going to be on the field this Sunday. And I I mean, you know, I, it's not really a surprise because it was Blaine Gabbard and Blaine Gabbard is Blaine Gabbard. So, you know, it's interesting, though, because a lot of people are going to be pulling for, for Colin Kaepernick, you know, we know the reasons why I am just curious That what happens If he comes out there Mo, and he just He lays a duck I mean this is Colin Kaepernick For a reason He was the backup For a reason He was almost cut This offseason Now we we, we, saw, we talked about uh, How they were possibly Going to restructure His contract And now that looks Like it's going through So uh, if he plays well Which is very possible If he comes He can find his old ways He will be a free agent Next year uh, if If that's the way Everything goes Then he has a lot of You know ammunition To play well this year But I I don't know. I mean,
1: does he have anything left in the tank? I think he has something left in the tank, but you're going to see a noticeable change in his game because, again, he I, I don't feel he has the prototypical football body. Because, again, I, I say this repeatedly, he is a vegan now, so meat is out of his diet, obviously. So he, his weight shifting was what, I guess, delayed. And also the surgeries he had delayed his, his uh, comeback on the field because I think they would have pulled Blaine Gabbert much earlier. Or maybe even Blaine Gabbert might not have started the season if Colin Kaepernick was fully healthy and his body was right. But I will say this, that I don't I don't see Colin Kaepernick lighting it up when he gets on the field anyway. I, I, again, I think this team is just devoid of talent, overall talent. They don't have enough to win eight, nine football games, even with a decent quarterback. Colin Kaepernick is going to be an okay quarterback. He's not going to be that much of an upgrade over Blaine Gabbert. The only thing that he does give you is the mobility. He can, he can run away from pressure and get out of the pocket and extend plays. That's going to be the thing that helps him. But it's not going to be the Super Bowl version of Colin Kaepernick that you saw under, under Jim Harbaugh. So if, you, if you're thinking that, you just throw it out of the window because he's not going to be that. He's going to have to feel his way around. He's You know, he's been out of football. He didn't practice a lot during the offseason, didn't play a lot during the preseason. And, you know, again, people are going to be pulling for him. His jersey was top sales at you know, for a while. I don't know what it is right now, but people are going to be pulling for him. But I would temper expectations because, again, has been on the field extensively body shifting you know there's a lot there's a lot going on you have less talent there Jeremy Curley Jeremy Curley Jets fans remember this guy Mm -hmm. uh he is their number one wide receiver right now with 304 receiving yards and two touchdowns so Jeremy Curley is your main threat and Torrey Smith is your secondary that's a warning flag in itself um you're not gonna have. I mean, you have Vance McDonald, who's who's emerging there as a tight end, but it's not much for Colin Kaepernick. I I expect decent play, not great play. If anyone could get the best out of him, though, it's gotta be Chip Kelly.
0: We already talked about how my man Tom Brady rescued me from a winless season in fantasy. So the question that I'm really, you know, and it was posed in a few different places this week, is now that Tom's probably gonna play till he's 55 years old, what is gonna go on with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean. Is it is this going to come to a point where they're going to have to make a decision and they're going to look to trade Garoppolo uh, for two first round picks? I mean, you know, as it is, the Eagles just traded, uh, you know, traded their man, their starting quarterback Bradford for a first round pick uh, a couple years ago. Alex Smith was traded from the Niners to the Chiefs for two second round picks. So, I mean, literally, this team could ask for the world and and somebody could give it because there's there's a void of really really good quarterbacks as we just got done talking about in San Francisco. So. You you know where is this guy going to go, or do the Padres, Excuse me, do the Patriots just say, "No, nah, we're going to keep him. We're going to keep him and ride it out till next year, and when he becomes a free agent, if he leaves, he leaves."
1: It. I think they keep him. And there's so much time to trade Garoppolo. They don't have to pull the trigger right now. Obviously, you want to you want to go through the season and see what happens with him because you know you can always pull a trade in the offset Actually, no, but. Point is, Tom Brady right now. <laughs> Tom Brady is on top of his game. He's, he's going to be 42 when his contract expires through 2019, I believe. But I, I I still believe in this, and I said this a while ago. I think the Patriots hold on to Tom Brady. He says he wants to play until he's 100 years old. You let him play until you see a sharp decline in his game, which we haven't seen yet because they, they, to, they do a good job of putting weapons around him. But I think Brady and Belichick walk out as a pair together into the sunset Uh, to picture that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick walking out in the sunset and the beach together into the NFL sunset as the best quarterback head coach duo in the in the league in history. And I think I really firmly believe that. But if Tom Brady shows a decline over the next couple of weeks, which I highly doubt, or if he gets hurt then you're going to see a move for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a move, maybe a, you know, a re-sign or something like that. But they're going to hold on as long as they can without making a move. They, they want to wait till the end of the season before anything possibly changes with that roster. But again, it's a quarterback league. Teams will give up those two first-round picks or a first and two seconds or whatever the price may be to get Garoppolo. The only problem is not every team has Josh McDaniel as an offensive coordinator. So if you're out there and you got Pep Hamilton or Jim Bob Cooter, as your offensive coordinator Don't expect Garoppolo to look like he did in New England Because he had McDaniel And he had Bill Belichick in his ear It's a totally different type of situation So again, if you're going to give up those picks Make sure it's a good environment for him Who knows, maybe maybe Tannehill Flakes out of Miami And and Adam Gay says, to hell with Tannehill Bring in Garoppolo, we'll give up the farm for him
0: Well, yeah, I mean, for them to trade in the division, they would have to give up literally a farm, like Pepperidge Farms or, you know, something like that. It would be huge. But uh, shout-out to Jim Bob Cooter, best name in the NFL, hands down. Uh, As for the Jets... Is this season over? I mean, now Eric Decker's gone with the torn uh, rotator cuff. I-, I mean, I didn't know he was pitching for the Mets, but obviously he must be hanging out with Mats and Harvey and Degrom and all those guys because that's fine! <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> things are just really bad when it comes to the arms of New York people. Uh, I'm disgusted. I cannot believe that this is this is happening. This is gonna. This is a one in four team. I I don't know where there's a win on the schedule. Maybe the Dolphins, but. Oh, wow. I can't believe it. I thought this was the year the playoffs were destined. I Obviously, I was wrong.
1: No, I, I didn't see it. If you look at the schedule, it was just brutal. Again, you had five playoff teams from last year and then four of those games on the road. I expected the Jets to be kind of rough. I didn't expect you know Fitzpatrick to throw a million interceptions, but I expected a rough start. Eric Decker going down seems like a big blow. He was the biggest supporter of bringing Fitzpatrick back. But Quincy Inunua has emerged, and they did sign Austin Seferian Jenkins a couple of weeks ago at tight end. Two big bodies, two big wide receivers to replace Decker. I think the Jets' passing attack will be okay. The question is getting Matt Forte back on track. He started out pretty good. I believe the average is under four yards a carry now, and they have to get him restarted. I'd say use him more as a a receiver and give Bilal Powell some more carries to kind of, you know, get his game back on, but... Who knows? I think the Jets are going to have a rough time with the Cardinals, though. Carson Palmer should be back in the lineup on Monday Night Football, so I think the Jets are going to lose another game before they start to turn it around. As you said, they still have two games against the Dolphins. They got the Browns, they got the Colts, they got the 49ers, all still on the schedule, so there's a chance that they can recoup this, but uh, again, it's not going to be a 10-win season. I just I don't get it I mean the, the injuries were they're not
0: necessarily on the defensive side of the ball I know Revis missed last game but he wasn't much of the old Revis before he got hurt to start the season so I just how do you go so bad from one season you know to the next and, and I get that they struggled last year towards the end of the season that's why they didn't make the playoffs but you know coming into this year people had you know some people had them potentially taking the first spot in that in that division.
1: You're absolutely right about that, but this is Ryan Fitzpatrick we're talking about here. And I I wrote a piece a while ago saying this is a guy that hasn't put together back-to-back solid years in his career, and he's been around for a while, and we all seen Ryan Fitzpatrick on, like, four different teams, and he'll have a good year, and then he'll dip down the next year with a disappointing performance, and this is no different. So fans who were screaming for Ryan Fitzpatrick had to understand that they weren't going to get the same quarterback through 31 touchdowns last year they're going to get something lesser to the effect but i again i'm not surprised i think i think he'll pull himself somewhat out of this the jets do also have offensive line issues they don't they the right tackle position hasn't been set brino Giacomini has been out ryan Fitzpatrick has to move around the pocket uses mobility at his age that's not a great thing so yes the jets were going to struggle but Again, I still have faith that they'll be 8-8, 9-7 still to end the season because I still believe in Tom Bowles as a good head coach. It's just Ryan Fitzpatrick and that offense have to get it together. And that is why Ryan Fitzpatrick wanted a long-term deal because
0: he knows what he is capable of. I mean, straight out. Concussions. If you get one, it's too many. If you get six before the age of 27... That's scary, and that is what Jordan Reed of the Washington Redskins is facing. He may very well miss this Sunday's game. Uh, Understandable because what what is something needs to be done to, to, to help this guy stay on the field and stay healthy because he's 27 years old and again the first concussion he sustained was in 2011 at the university of florida so you know it, it becomes bigger than a football thing to a certain extent i mean this guy he missed two games last year because of a concussion he'll probably miss this sunday against the eagles uh you know you just feel for a guy because again he's so young but We've seen concussions cut many careers short. You know, Troy Aikman was one of them. So, uh, you know, we hope he gets better, but certainly not going to help this Washington uh, team, you know, beat a pretty stout Eagles defense.
1: Yeah, if, I mean, first of all, the, the effect, first of all, we, we hope that he, you know, sorts out this concussion issue. Concussions are a serious thing. But the other thing is he was, he this season he has been Kirk Cousins' best weapon. So far and he's a tight end he's pretty much Underrated 316 receiving yards Two touchdowns last year he had 11 touchdowns 952 Receiving yards so this is a guy who's Who's on the up and up only four years In the league a lot of people don't Recognize or know about him because he's in Washington and Washington hasn't been good for a very Long time but this is a Top tier guy at the tight end position and he's A tight end slight slight wide receiver But again All those concussions piling up you got to worry about your life your future life as as a person outside of being a football player and i know it's going to hurt washington and i you i'll reflect that in my picks later but Kirk cousins is not i don't see him as a guy that can adjust very well without his top weapon i know you still have deshaun jackson there vernon davis is going to be dug out of the grave at his age to fill in a tight end but he is not jordan reed so i think the washington is going to struggle if reed has to miss extended time but for as for reed Okay, well, soon, uh, make a decision on your career. We talked about Jordan Cameron earlier also. Concussions, again, a very serious issue. We know about long-term head injuries. Uh, he's going to have a decision to make. if he. You know, if, I remember Austin Cowley being in the same situation where he just had too many concussions in a small period. And I think if you have a concussion and you have one every couple of years, you can kind of forget about it and move on. But once they start to clump together and you have them in a short time span, it becomes worrisome And I think that's what we're worried about with uh, Jordan Reed Absolutely
0: Switching it up to baseball And, and we talked about the, the fight that was back in July With Rudin and Odor of the Texas Rangers Sucker punching my man Joey Bats in the grill But you know what? At the end of the day The Blue Jays won the battle Because it was actually Rugnit Odor who committed a throwing error In the 10th inning of game 3 of the ALDS That pulled his first Baseman uh, Mitch Moreland off The bag that allowed Josh Donaldson To score from second base the winning Run so you know Just looking back on it you gotta say "Mm, Karma is a bitch But you know it was uh, It wasn't a great series to really To really watch Uh, and neither Was the Indians and Red Sox which we'll get into to in a minute this national league has been way more exciting obviously the cubs and the giants went uh, went to four and they went to extra innings twice and right now we mo and i have both got the dodgers and the and the nationals on and it looks like first and third with in the seventh inning Dodgers up by one and Jason Wirt is up and I mean and they got Kenley Jansen their closer in in the seventh inning so obviously you can tell that these matchups are super intense managers are going to their closers way before you would traditionally see them but back to that Blue Jays game uh this is a team that again I didn't see it I I didn't see uh, I know they can hit I know they really really can hit it's an understatement I, I I thought it would be all about offense. I thought these would be seven-five, you know, eight-six type of games, and and the Blue Jays came out and they pitched really well and they shut them down. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta give a credit where credit is due. And again, uh, we don't know what's gonna happen with Francisco Liriano. He was hitting with a line drive, so uh, his status for the next round is still up in the air. But that that series will start tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. I, I picked the Rangers to win this uh, series. Didn't happen. Joey Bass, as you say, got his revenge, but he didn't do much outside of the first game when he, when he hit a home run and drove in four RBIs. But I'm sure he's laughing to himself all the way to the ALCS. And Odor is going home But uh, if you had the Blue Jays And I know a lot of people in Toronto are happy about this On Twitter because a lot of people in Toronto are on my Twitter They they couldn't contain themselves And if you listen to the show last week The Blue Jays were up I believe They won that first game 10-1 And they just took off from there But yeah Rangers go home I was wrong on that uh, I'm definitely not I'm still not picking the Blue Jays to win the next series But um, kudos to them and as you mentioned briefly, kudos to the Cubs for, for breaking that that even-year that even thing with the Giants. As you know, they kind of win and then lose and then win and then lose based on the alternating years. But again, the Cubs persevering. Kudos to them as well. But we're going to talk about another sweep. Cleveland is happy once again. Not all the way happy like the Cleveland Cavaliers fans, but they're happy that they get to advance. They dispose of the Red Sox in three games. Farewell, David Ortiz, who was kind of a non-factor in this series. Yeah, get out. He is a DH, but, uh, again, uh, farewell to him and his career going on. Uh, Tomlin, Kru- Kluber, and Andre Mil- Andrew Miller. My man. Um, like boy, mm-hmm. uh, they all get wins. Uh, do you think their pitching is going to be an issue in the next series? I believe, if I, my memory starts correctly, he said, if they get to the— uh, next round that their pitching could be a problem
0: yeah i mean you know four out of seven you got to win it's it's a it's a long series if kluber is gonna you know potential i think he will pitch game one tomorrow night you're gonna have him for one four and seven if need be and uh again i love their bullpen miller's been coming in the fifth and sixth inning he pitched two innings i believe in that game that he won uh super effective but i do i trust josh tomlin do i trust trevor bauer i I, I don't know I'd rather have Jack Bauer So uh, things are Going to be tough But the, the team They look They exceeded Expectations I actually got Yelled at by Boston fans Because I did Predict Boston To uh, go to the Series So they believe That a Yankee Fan put a curse On them So uh, I'm not Saying I didn't But you know Again you again Give credit Where credit is due a Guy like Coco Chris pits a Home run Mike Napoli Played well I mean everybody Everything that Francona did It just worked uh, So you know We're going to See two teams That were the Lower seeds In the ALCS And the cool thing That I that I I actually heard on the radio was that the opening game of the NBA season when LeBron and company are raising the banner right across the street from Progressive Field is where the Indians play could be game one of the World Series. I mean, that's that's pretty cool for you know Believeland, beautiful Believeland where it never snows and people are happy all the time. Uh, you know, go go Indians. But, uh, you know, we wish you all the best. And, but, you know, going back to that Cubs-San Francisco series, I actually never thought I'd see the day where Bruce Bochy got out-coached, got out-managed, because I understand what Madison Bumgarner did to the Mets in that one game playing, and, and I get that he pitched pretty well. Uh, the, you know, I think it was, what, game three of the series, two of the series? But to come back and and pitch that last game on, like, three days rest against the Cubs, he just didn't have it. And, 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 and that showed, because when... When Matt Moore pitched the next game, he looked great. He he should have then gone into the ninth inning complete game, but Bruce Bochy yanked him out and put in his closer Sergio Romo, and again you're only gonna get one shot you had to win that game to potentially force a game five back in Chicago and he just didn't he he relied on his bullpen and the doc, and the excuse me the Giants blew 33 saves this season 33 saves that is a ton that is too much me- two way too many I, so what I mean I guess he had the trust and he expected better but man you've got to know your team inside and out and, and to just switch it up when Matt Moore had looked so good and, and was on full rest you had to leave him in so you know I guess and you look back and you say, what well, could have been," but I, you know, it's it's really a shock to me to say, "Wow, Bruce Bochy was actually out coached," and that doesn't normally happen.
1: So you're questioning the great Bruce uh, Bochi there? Yeah, Bruce, you know, I, I wouldn't like typically do right it. There. But I, hey, I did. I remember I said I like a Francona as you know manager of the year. Yeah,
0: so that's true. Very true. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about holy water surfing. Saving people from the abyss Tim Tebow, he does it again And no, I'm not talking about his playing Because he was 0-3 in his first game (laughs) In the Arizona Fall League A young man was uh, getting an autograph Towards the end of the game Tim Tebow was over by the uh, left field line in Arizona And a young man actually had an epileptic seizure Uh, He collapsed to the ground And as people came over, Tim Tebow leaned over And there's video footage of this Look at it on YouTube, look at on Facebook Leaned over to the man and put his hand on him And began to pray well, lo and behold, a couple of seconds later, the man stops seizing and returns to as much of a normal, you know, period as you possibly can. So I'm not saying that Tim Tebow is Jesus Christ, but maybe he is because then he stayed. Yeah. With, he stayed with the man until the ambulance camp. I mean, this guy is just he's just a flat out good dude. I mean, I, what can you possibly say about him? That's not a great thing.
1: First of all, I would want Tim Tebow to be my bodyguard because then nothing bad would ever happen to me. Once I become famous and, you know, I'm out here making millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. people try to, you know, rob me or something like that, Tim Tebow's going to be by my side because at that point, then nothing can touch me, you know. I I will be shielded from all evil. Second of all, the Mets, with all the injuries they had this year, maybe they need to call Tim Tebow up just to have him hang around the clubhouse to (laughs) heal people. Maybe he can, you know, touch people's elbows, get get to Matt Harvey, you know, touch whatever injury he has and heal him in a second or a couple of minutes or something like that. He can be the master healer mm-hmm. in that clubhouse. And I, and I would advocate for having Tim Tebow in the majors just for that specific reason. They need to just have a position just for him. He's not in the lineup. You know, he's just kind of like next to the manager as an assistant, assistant healer. Keep him in there. You know, you need that good aura in there because the Mets had a lot of a, a lot of bad injuries. They still made it to that wild card game, but they could maybe made it further if they had some healthy people in that roster. And
0: don't forget, after the game, he can turn water into wine. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. Anyway, we'll be right back. We're going to talk some NBA happening. Stay tuned. It's now time for Building Momentum. I don't know about Mo, but I honestly didn't even realize Jr. Smith was still without an NBA team.
1: Did you have any idea, Mo? Of course I did, because Jr. Smith and I have book study every Sunday,
0: remember? Oh, that's right. At uh, Club uh, Club Jumbley. That's right. I forgot about that. Shirtless. Yes. Shirt- Shirtless. Drink women. Drinking Cavassier and throwing dollar bills in the air. Anyway... Yeah he's not signed And it doesn't look like uh, The Cavaliers If they wait much longer Who knows if they're even Interested at this point But they have a little bit Of competition As it looks like The Boston Celtics Are among several teams Interested in the swingman uh, So it'll be interesting to see Because the Celtics only have about $9 million They can spend on Smith So unless they make a move to clear some cap space uh, It still looks like Smith's going to want about $15 million uh, Which is what his said asking price is So uh, I don't know if he's worth $15 million. Obviously that would potentially be A two year deal give or take Because nobody in their right mind Would probably give J.R. Smith a one year $15 million deal Although the Magic gave out some horrible deals This past year uh, One to Jeff Green for what was that $11 million so anything is really possible at this point, but Mo, do you see do you see him a good fit with Boston? And it, would it even make a difference to potentially get them over the hump of you know making it past the first round?
1: I don't see him as a good fit in Boston at all. I know they would they would benefit from having a shooter, but I don't think J.R. Smith, a streaky shooter, is not a, he's not a consistently good shooter. He's a very streaky shooter. He can be good or bad in some nights. So. I would look elsewhere if you're looking for a shooter. I don't know how how much merit these rumors have, but let's get something real clear, real real quick. LeBron James wants Jr. Smith back. He said he said he's t- basically tired of coming into the season without one of his top guns signed on the on the on the roster. As you remember, Tristan Thompson had a contract dispute last year. This year is J.R. Smith, and as I said a while ago after they won a the championship, he wanted Jr. Smith from the Knicks, and the Knicks kind of just threw J.R. Smith into the trade deal, but he was happy to get him, and he wants him back, LeBron, I'm saying. And we all know LeBron runs that front office. Whatever LeBron says goes. Again, we saw that with Tristan Thompson last year. It eventually got done. I think Jr. Smith's contract gets done within, I would say, give it seven days. Because LeBron has gone through the media to voice his displeasure with this. And, of course, if after you win a championship with the best player in the world, you're going to listen to his demands. You're going to listen to his voice through the media. And they are going to sign J.R. Smith eventually.
0: Alright, you heard it here J.R. Smith and Mo Will be packing their bags For Cleveland And gonna see The beautiful believe Gonna watch my man Andrew Miller Go to the World Series How tired are you On a scale of 1 to 10 Of the Golden State Warriors And the season Hasn't even started yet
1: Uh uh, you know what? I'm tired of people throwing shots at KD going to Golden State, but I, I, I'm I, interested in watching Golden State. I, I, I'm i sure Russell Westbrook disagrees with me, and you can probably fill me in on that, but <laughs> I, I I'm, I want to watch Golden State play. I really do. I really like what they got going.
0: Yeah, it's just weird because Golden State has this thing where, you know, and KD came out and said, you know, we're a family. That's not something I had with my last team, and, and Westbrook's— Westbrook. it. What? What? Huh? Got shots fired Shots fired, absolutely And uh, Westbrook came out and said, that's cute uh, He said, quote, my job is to worry about what's going on here We're going to worry about all the all the selfish guys we've got over here Apparently we got to figure that out He also said, I'm not going to talk about this anymore So there's been a lot of talk in the news and the media That uh, everybody wants the Golden State Warriors to be the villain, the bad guys Kind of like back in 2012 with LeBron and company in Miami but, again, you got to remember, LeBron, those were guys that kind of just all flocked to Golden State, okay, uh, excuse me, to Miami. Here, it was kind of a built-in team already, and, again, we have spoke that if, uh, you know, Seth and company didn't, you know, uh, didn't blow a 3-1 to lead, that this would not be, Kevin Durant would not be in Golden State, but here we are. So, you know, you got to, like Mo said, you got to give some credit, credit is due, you got to take away the fact that it was just one man that came to a team that was already built, whereas, you know, Miami was a totally different thing in itself, so. So I too want to see it. I uh, I would be disappointed if golden state doesn't win 80 games Uh, that might be shooting a little bit too much, but again they, they, It's a lot of pressure So it's not necessarily a given that they're gonna win the title I even lebron that first year might have got to the finals but did not win So, uh, you know, it's nice that they're saying they're a family It's nice that they all love one another, but there's only one ball and only so many minutes on the clock, so I'm really interested to see who's gonna, you know, take a back seat, especially with, uh, you know, my man Curry's contract coming to an end this year.
1: First of all, of course, it, everything is great now. Everyone's gonna say all the right things. They haven't even played a real game that counts yet. Yeah, they played a couple of preseason games, but the grass is always greener on the other side at first. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you something. Two quotes, one from Paul Pierce and one from Draymond Green. I'm going to tell you why this is greatness. This is gold right here. I'm going to start with Paul Pierce's quote. He said, I could have left Boston years ago, but I stuck it out. I just feel like when you're that close as a competitor, you don't go join the team that pushed you out. Now, he was on NBA Series XM radio saying that about KB going to Bowen State, leaving the Thunder. This was Draymond Green's perfect response. Nobody cares what you did and who you did it for. Point blank. Period. Now, I like this because basically Draymond Green has become KD's mouthpiece. As we know, KD's a nice kid. He's he doesn't have that mean streak in him to you know curse people out. Sometimes he tries to play the bad boy role, but he's that's just not him. But Draymond Green, Mr. Nuts Kicker, that this is straight up his alley. So he gets to go out there and be the bully, and people want Golden State to be the villain. And you got Draymond Green there who could fulfill that role, and he's willing to fulfill that role day in and day out because he obviously does not care. He's coming to the league with a chip on his shoulder. He was a second-round pick, I believe, out of Michigan State. No one knew who he was. Then he emerges, and now he's he's part of that, that big four that they have. And basically, like I said, he may not score as many points. He may not knock down or have as many triple-doubles as he had in the past before KD, But you're going to still hear his mouth. He's still going to be that enforcer. He's not 7 feet tall, not 250 pounds, but he plays center, and he has an attitude. So I like this about Draymond Green. I like the nucleus they have. They have two finesse shooters. Then you got Klay Thompson, who plays both sides of the court. And then you got the rugged Draymond Green there, who's going to fend off all the KD haters throughout the year. I love this.
0: Yeah, and November 3rd will be the first matchup of OKC and Golden State, the first of four. And I hope... My man Stephen Adams oh, punches Draymond Green in the ball sack, <laughs> and he goes down like a ton of bricks. Cause I am sick of him, I'm sick of well, him yapping.
1: Shut did, up. When did this happen? Yeah. When did this
0: happen? When did Stephen has become your boy all of a sudden? All the way from New Zealand? Dude, I got that- a friend. I got a friend from New Zealand, so I feel like I feel like I'm in the brotherhood. Like I I understand what the New Zealand people are all about right now, and we don't need to be put down by a man with kicking us in the genitalia. So What's keep it to yourself. New Zealand like? What, what was that? What's the capital of New Zealand, Mike? Auckland. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else you got for me? Okay, I got
1: to give you a for that. Yeah, that's right.
0: I like it. I like geography. So, and, you know, throw it. I'm, I'm good all day. But, yeah, getting back to uh, Loudmouth, just play the game. Like, you know, he's a big boy. I get that he's the, he's the leader of the team when it comes to, you know, speaking up but uh man i'm just tired of this guy i just want somebody else in the nba it doesn't have to be stephen adams it could be enos Cantor, it could be somebody else from another country just somebody put him in his place and it doesn't have to be physical but i just want him to be dominated on the court one way or the other because like, he needs to be humbled he just really needs to be humbled right now and i get that's part of because he is playing with that chip on his shoulder but you know guys like that can't play like that for 20 years or 15 years eventually they're gonna flame out so you know he needs a little bit of that reality check otherwise you know this guy is just gonna become you know one comical thing after the other i mean this year he might be pantsing people in the middle of the court i, I don't know anything's possible i didn't think he kicked somebody three times in the nuts but he did so good for you draymond keep it going
1: i, I look at him like if you remember Bill Lambeer back yeah. in the late 80s, early 90s on the Bad Boy Pistons, I look at him the same way I look at Bill Lambeer. Of course, he doesn't have the same stature, but he's he's going to be that irritant on the court. He's going to get in the way. He's going to push and shove. He's going to talk to you. He's going to get in your head. And you need that type of player when you have so many finesse players in your starting lineup. Again, Steph Curry is not the type of player. He's going to do his thing. He's going to shoot the basketball. You know, He's going to handle the ball. He's going to bring it up the court. you got clay thompson who again plays both sides of the court but he's not he's not a mouthy person and we already talked about kd he does his thing again he's not a mouthy person he does talk a lot of trash i've heard but he's not the type to be an irritant on the court like draymond green is willing to be and i think draymond green relishes in this role because he knows he's different he knows that this is his role on that roster to kind of protect the finesse guys and to be the enforcer And be the bodyguard But I want to take it back To Paul Pierce real quick And he was on saying Well I stuck it out with Boston And that's easy to say When Boston brought you Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen To get your chip And then after that Remember Paul Pierce Went to Boston To join another big three With, with Darren Williams And Kevin Garnett Went to Brooklyn Then he went to Washington Then he went to the Clippers My point is Okay he didn't join A bunch of super teams there But he, he actually went elsewhere And I say you know Like, relax. Uh, People move for different reasons, okay? Paul Pierce obviously moved for other reasons. KD moved because he wanted to win. You know, everyone does their own thing. For whatever reason, you do what you got to do. But Paul Pierce getting on SiriusXM and basically criticizing after this guy's been on, he's been on, what, four teams? If you've been on more than two teams, you have no room to talk, Paul.
0: Bam. Mic drop. Momentum. Done it, son. All right, let's move to our Week 6 Picks for the NFL, and just as a recap, Mo got dominated last week. Mike C coming in at nine and five. Mo at a weak ass seven and seven, otherwise called the Jeff Fisher Special. I know it's really eight and seven, but I just wanted to say that. So let's get ready. Let's start up this week. Mo, it's the 49ers and the Bills. Who you got?
1: I gotta go with the Bills on this one. I, I'm finally, I guess, somewhat a believer. Uh, they won a three straight after they fired the offensive coordinator. The 49ers have Colin Kaepernick again. I said it's going to take a while before he gets back into gear. Bills at home, they win this. Lashawn McCoy has been playing out of control, and that's part of the why they're winning games. They keep it going on their turf.
0: Yep, you gave me crap for being all about my man, the head coach, the former coach of the New York Jets, and he is doing it this year. I don't know how or why, but he is. Look, I still don't like him, but you got to take the bills. Like you said, Shady McCoy is running wild. Got to love it. Eagles and the Redskins. Not only did my man Carson Wentz leave a $500 tip at a restaurant in North Dakota, but he looks for real. So I'm taking the Eagles, especially without Jordan Reed in that Washington uh, passing attack.
1: So wait, you you giving up on the fraud already? Well, like, no, you... no, I like the fraud. I just
0: like him more with a good tight end.
1: Okay, yeah. so you gave up on the fraud without the tight end. Yeah,
0: because I'm more I'm more all about Carson Wentz than I am the fraud anyway. So
1: okay, yeah. so why don't you just pick up Carson Wentz in your fantasy league and drop Kirk Cousins while you're at it? I don't think Carson Wentz is available.
0: Otherwise, I probably would have done it already
1: sure you would have but i got the Eagles on this one on the roll because the redskins are still frauds no matter if they win three games or not with tight end or not they are frauds eagles win this game
0: that is a terrible terrible division uh the browns and the titans wow that that's that's gonna be on tv somewhere um i'm gonna
1: take <laughs> the titans because yeah, cody I, Kessler's
0: is gonna be starting so yeah yeah
1: i i take the titans I hope Gary Byage has a good game, though, because I have him on my my fantasy team, and I need him to have a good one, because I have a tight end that's on a bye week, but that's my only wish. Just give me 80 yards and a touchdown, and I'll be cool with that, but I got the Titans winning this game, because DeMarco Murray, as I said before the season, is going to have a good year. He's having a great year. Titans win this
0: game. Okay. Ravens and the Giants, and I hate to do it, but I'm going with the Ravens, because I just don't trust the Giants. You're a traitor. Yeah, well, I mean, I am, because I have two eyes, and I watch the game, and... Yeah, they're just not very good on defense and offense is super inconsistent i mean victor cruz was non-existent last week and beckham you know made nice with the with the kicking net but there's not a lot going on there's no running game Bobby Rainey was fine out of the backfield catching passes but he certainly can't take the ball up the middle and we don't know yet if Jennings is going to be back and if he is at what type of percentage and their offensive line is in shambles as well and Eli Manning is still pouting so there's too many negatives and uh, Joey Flacco you know if he can write the shit from last week he'll probably be without Steve Smith I still think that their defense is just too much they're going to put too much pressure on Eli
1: Two things. I think it was you that stole Bobby Rainey from me in the fantasy I football did. league. Was I did. did. Yeah, yeah he, he yeah,
0: did. Because well. uh, I had Omar Darkarwa, who was absolutely dreadful, so I needed to pick somebody up. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Yeah. So you're... Uh, second thing is, this is why I'm on the show. As as the reporter on the show, uh, Rashad Jennings said he's ready to rock, so I take it as he's going to play this week, which is to me is not... It doesn't give a lot of value on the surface because he's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry, which is not a lot, by the way. But he does add some pass protection because Eric Flowers, who shoved my man Jordan Renan from ESPN after the game, after the Packers lost, because he was dreadful in that game. He's frustrated because, his, you know, he, his game is struggling. But they need that extra pass protection from the running back to chip in because... Defenders are running past Eric Flowers on the blind side. And I think partially the reason to Eli Manning's dropping his production is because he's worried about getting cracked in the side of his head. So when you got an extra running back in there who can, you know, ask some pass protection, it'll go well. The Giants win this game at home. No Steve Smith for the Raiders, which means you're dependent on Mike Wallace to carry your passing offense. I don't like your chances, Ravens, on that one. As you said last week, the Ravens are frauds, and now you're picking them. I'm going
0: with you. <laughs> yeah, they are they're both these are both frauds, but I'm gonna go with the less fraudulent of the two. Uh two more frauds. The Saints and the Panthers. Looks like Cam will be back. It looks like Jonathan Stewart will be back. Still don't have any defense, but I'm gonna put my faith in the reigning MVP because I still cannot believe that they are one in four. So Panthers in a absolute shootout.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a—we sh- thought the Giants-Saints game was going to be a show, and it wasn't. I think this is absolutely going to be a show because both—as you said, both secondaries are dreadful pretty bad. They're going to give up probably 35-plus points. I don't see the Panthers going 1-5 because, as you said last week, you got to win. This, you must win. This is a—if mu- the Panthers don't win this game, it is—their season's over. The Falcons are probably going to win that division— because every other team there is, has, has, I believe, one or two wins. The Bucks got their win against the Panthers without Cam. He comes back, shows up against the Saints, wins the game.
0: Now, Mo, do you call it Jaguars or Jaguars? Jaguars because I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> Good, me too. Jaguars going to beat the pants off the Bears because, I mean, I still cannot believe that they're treating my man Jay Cutler with this disrespect put some respect on my name that's what i'm talking about but obviously brian hoyer is the second coming of tom brady i didn't i didn't know this until last week uh but anyway blake bortles ucf we're gonna put 35 points up on the bears and uh although this kid howard is for real i wish i would have picked him up i believe you did and i'm really jealous because he could play
1: yeah, I, I, hey, two things. I'm laughing at Panthers fans because I told them their defense is going to stake without Josh Norman, and I'm laughing at Bears fans because I told them Jordan Howard was better than Jeremy Langford, and it's happening. Now, real quick, uh, did you know that Brian Hoyer has six touchdown passes and zero interceptions since he's been starting? This is why they're disrespecting your boy Jay Cutler because <laughs> Jay Cutler doesn't have six TDs and zero interceptions. Brian Hoyer does. He's forming a rapport with his wide receivers. He's got Alshon Jeffrey. He's got Eddie Royal. Meredith, who I picked up. Cameron Meredith, I believe his name is. Picked him up in my fantasy league because he's doing well with Brian Hoyer. The Bears are not going to win this game. I'm going with the Jaguars. (laughs) I like Brian Hoyer. I like what he's doing. What? And if he's disrespectful to Jay Cutler, I don't care because Jay Cutler had so much time to solidify his starting spot and he hasn't done it.
0: He just gave me 12 reasons as to why the Bears are going to win and then said, nope. (laughs) It's the Jaguars. Anyway, I think that Jay Cutler should be traded to the Dolphins and he should reform his love affair with Adam Gaze because that would make me so happy to see both Tannehill and Cutler on a team I despise. Uh, moving over to the Rams and the Lions. Man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with the Rams because I, I got girly uh, I still think their defense is really good. I obviously do not trust Case Keenum, but man, that Lion, def- that Lion team in general is so just... Wishy washy all over the place. theoretic looks good one day, next he doesn't. Same with the quarterback. I mean, how do you figure how do you how do you have a team like that where you have no consistency across the board?
1: They just they don't have any standout players to gonna give that team an identity. I, I said I really like their defense. They did they they got the Eagles to turn the ball over twice last week and I believe Ryan Matthews had a critical fumble, I believe, and that's how they got that game. But I don't think the Lions beat the Rams this week. I think the Rams get it together. After you know, as you said, Todd Gurley's got to break out at some point. At some point, he's got to break out. The Lions don't have a really good run defense, so this would be the week that he breaks it out and it has a big game, hundred plus yards, maybe two touchdowns. I don't have a lot of faith in Case Keenum, but the Rams have been playing pretty decent lately, so they get this win over the Lions. Le'Veon Bell is back.
0: Ben Roethlisberger could put a hundred points on the board this week. Sammy Coates is just a man among boys, and Antonio Brown's still just kind of chilling. So I'm going to take the Steelers over the Dolphins because it is going to get fugly in Miami.
1: If you're in a Survivor League and you still got the Steelers left to pick as as a unanimous win, use it this week because the Dolphins are dead in the water, even though they're at home. I saw a picture where the... The end zone was actually repainted Where it said welcome Le'Veon Bell Welcome Antonio Brown Because they're going to score a whole bunch of points On the Dolphins defense Not even a close contest If you remember that whooping that the Steelers gave the Chiefs two weeks ago It's going to look similar to that Against the Dolphins this Sunday mm-hmm.
0: Cincinnati and the Patriots No one can stop the Patriots Not even the National Guard i'm really concerned about this because the Bengals again their running game is non-existent i think it was it hill had like seven yards last week again teams are just so inconsistent I, dalton looks like a decent you know even pro bowl type quarterback one week in the next he looks like ryan Tannehill. so until All right. these guys figure it out you can't put any stock in them especially when you're playing the patriots
1: Yeah, no scientific evidence or proof needed here. Patriots win this game at home. As you said, Bengals are so up and down. They're going to be competing for AFC Wildcard, but they're going to fall pretty far behind after losing a critical game to the Cowboys. Then they're going to lose to the Patriots. Not good for Cincinnati.
0: Not at all. My game of the week, the Falcons and the Seahawks. I love it. I love it. We're going to see Matty Ice and that high... Octane high flying offense, although Julio Jones did not show up last week against the stout Seahawks. Uh, I'm gonna take the Seahawks because I think uh, I think finally Russell Wilson is healthy enough to uh to evade the pass rush and uh and just the Falcons don't have much of a D, although they've been playing a little bit over their heads this year. So I think it's about time that someone brings them back down to Earth. Seahawks, uh, but I think it'll be closer than most expect.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be close. We uh, The Falcons showed us last week that they can hang with the Broncos. Even though the Broncos didn't look good tonight against the Chargers either, but yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, I think the Falcons are actually for real for now. But I don't think they beat the Seahawks at home. They Seahawks had some rest. Russell Wilson had that ankle injury. He should be fine, ready to go. Uh, Julio Jones does have some soreness, of, so he, I think he missed a portion of practice or all of it. So that's something to look out for Even if he is at full strength He's going to be going against Richard Sherman Who's playing, who's having a great season So Seahawks win this game Defense over offense in Seattle
0: Well the game that again Moe should be ashamed of himself It's the Chiefs and the Raiders And ladies and gentlemen I'm taking your beloved Oakland Raiders Because no, I'm not on the bandwagon but you are. I like what I'm seeing I still believe Latavius Murray is not the running back To get this team to the promised land But uh, yeah, I like I like him this week at home Chiefs obviously coming off a bye I think they might be a little bit rusty And uh, I just really want to get that win When they win and Mo did not have them
1: Okay, first of all Raiders fans If you're listening I am speaking the 100% truth Because you know I keep it 100 with mm-hmm. you guys this is not a good matchup for the Raiders, and here's why. The Raiders, uh, Perry Riley came in at linebacker and played well, but that linebacker court is ever changing, and they gave up over 100 yards and two touchdowns to the tight ends last week, to the Chargers tight ends, unto Henry Antonio Gates, who's 50 years old. Now you got Travis Kelsey coming in. J- J- Jamal Charles is going to be, he says the training wheels are coming off, so which means he should be close to 100%, and they, they throw the ball to him in the, in the receiving game, in the passing attack, so the Raiders have problems guarding tight ends and running backs in the passing lanes, and that's the Chiefs' specialty, to throw the running backs and tight ends in the passing game. They don't really use too much of their wide receivers outside of Jeremy Macklin, so even if Sean Smith has a good game against his former team, it's not going to really matter if Travis Kelsey and Jamal Charles are running down their throats after the catch. And also, the Raiders have the number 27 run defense in the league. I know the Chiefs' defense, run defense is also pretty bad, But the Raiders are coming in with two rookie running backs. The Chiefs are coming in full power, all three of their running backs. They have Spencer Ware, who's been the starter. Jamal Charles, as I just said, training wheels are coming off. And then you have Charkandrick West out there. So Chiefs coming in full strength against the Raiders, who are hobbled. No tight end. Clyde off may not play. Latavius Murray has turf toe. Two rookie running backs. I don't like it for the Raiders. Chiefs win this game.
0: It's Twitter handle at MoMoten for your hate mail, everybody. At MoMoten. Cowboys me, Yeah Cowboys and the Packers Who and I guess I'm gonna go Packers I mean I really I again Dak Prescott has looked Really good we've already seen that he said It's Tony Romo's team I don't know when the Cowboys Are gonna smarten up and just stick with the guy That's gotten you to four and one but again This is dysfunctional Dallas but Uh yeah wanna go Packers Jordy Nelson's looked really good in his return although Eddie Lacey is questionable Which could be a little bit of a difference maker Although you know again Aaron Rodgers could throw The ball 75 times and he'll be fine So uh put my money with the Packers
1: Yeah, I I don't see why you had to think about this, but I think you're starting to drink the Dak Prescott Kool-Aid, am am I right?
0: I am. I I like him. I like Cole Beasley. I like what they got going on there. And your man, Crop Top, he's running pretty good. Oh, stop.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's the leading rusher in the league. Crop Top is the leading rusher in the league right now with over 500 yards. He has. I think Lashawn McCoy is the closest person to him, but he's like 100-plus yards behind him. But anyway, the the Cowboys are playing well with what they have. But I think the Packers win. Is when people are making a big deal of Aaron Rodgers not blowing teams out with his arm, and I get it. You know, you're used to seeing the Aaron Rodgers who throws three touchdowns a game. You're not getting that. The Packers are still getting W's though, so I, I I'm sticking with the Packers. The Cowboys do not have Des Bryant, who's their their most versatile wide receiver. I know you like Cole Beasley. I, do. I picked him up in one of my leagues, but Cole Beasley is not going to get you a win against the Packers. If you're fighting fire for fire, shot for shot, pass for pass, gotta go with the Packers. All mm-hmm.
0: right. The battle of overpriced quarterbacks: the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. I'm taking the Colts because I just feel like it's time that Andrew Luck gets off the schneid. Uh, Adam Vinatieri's kicking field goals like he's 22 again, and I do not tr- trust Brock Osweiler with a game or a five-dollar bill or anything for that matter. So, I'm taking Colts.
1: You, I, I don't believe this. You take you. You are you sure you're gonna take the Colts on this one? I, I'm gonna give you a chance <laughs> to change your mind before I give my pick. Why? Not, why um, do you, do you right? have
0: like secret information that uh you know Frank Gore is out or you know T. Y. Hilton is not playing?
1: My secret information is that the Colts offensive line or defense stinks. Yeah, well, that's, that's not my secret. secret. That's well known. That's all I need because with, with that said. Even without J.J. Watt The Houston Texans still play pretty good defense I know it didn't look like that because they got washed By the Vikings, but it's the Vikings Okay, give them a break I think they're going to get to Andrew Luck still And I think they're going to sack him three, four times And that defense cannot stop anybody Not even a rock iceweiler Who you're not high on nope. Lamar Miller, that running back, Lamar Miller I know he didn't give much against Minnesota Vikings defense Because they are probably the best defense in the league right now With Denver losing twice but Lamar Miller will get back on track with over 150 yards total. And the Houston Texans beat the Colts. Andrew Luck needs to man up and say, you guys need to get me better players, better offensive linemen, because this is not working in Indianapolis. Yeah, he
0: definitely definitely does. He cut his career short, for sure. Uh, the Jets are playing for the first overall pick. And uh, they're going to get whitewashed by the
1: Cardinals. Yeah, he pretty much said it. Cardinals win this game. Palm is coming back, and he's going to have his weapons. Larry Fitzgerald, Brown, Michael Floyd, it, the Jets. I, I don't know what it is. Even if they have Darrell Revis, I was telling – I joked with someone last week, and I said the Jets look like they played better pass defense without Darrell Revis in the game, which is not a good thing. So if he plays or not, the Cardinals are going to get back on track. I've been waiting for them to get back on track because I have their defense in my fantasy league. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw at least one or two picks Monday night. The Jets are going to be in the spotlight, so everyone's going to see all their warts, which is not a good thing. I hope they don't put the pressure to try to fire Tom Bullock, because, again, I like him as head coach. But he's going to be outmatched when he plays his former team, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true.
0: I don't know. Just in this season in general, for me, it's just not doing it. I mean, I sit there and I watch the games on TV, and it's just... There's not a ton of excitement. I mean, I know it's only going to be week six, but there's just – it's missing that spark. I mean, for me at least, there's just something there. Maybe it's the fact that all my teams stink. But I just – I don't know. There's no like s- amazing performances that, that you know that I, that I look forward to. Obviously, Brady coming back last week, he looked fantastic. But just week in and week out, I don't know. I'm just I – need, I need something else from the NFL to really grab me for the duration of the rest of this year.
1: Maybe you need to watch some more Raider games. You need to tune into those because those Raider games are... I'm telling you, those Raider games are exciting because they always come down to the wire. I always have fans hitting me up on Twitter saying, can't the Raiders just get a blowout win for once because all their games just come down like to the last two minutes. It's always Jack Del Rio gambling on a fourth down to get a last-second play or, or a botched snap or something crazy happens. Raiders games have been exciting through all five weeks. I expect it could possibly be an overtime game this week against the Chiefs because I believe both teams are evenly matched. I just think the Chiefs have the tools to dissect that Raiders defense, and it will be another close game. So if you want a heart attack or you want some excitement, Mike, tune into a Raiders game. Tune in this Sunday.
0: Eh, we'll see. I mean, maybe I gotta, I gotta get past the uh, the playoffs right now. And just then, Kenley Jansen strikes him out with a man on first to end the eighth inning. We're going to the top of the ninth. Dodgers still up four to three. Oh man, this is good. I am telling you, this Dodgers. This maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it's funny. Would you? Would you really think that this could happen, that that the Cubs could potentially lose and get knocked out? I mean, do you want to see that, Mo? Are you one of those crazy, maniacal people that are rooting against the Cubs just because they haven't won it since 1908 and we love things that just go wrong? Or are you the guy that's like, no, they deserve it, they, they paid their dues?
1: No, absolutely. I want to see the Cubs and the Indians. I know you're rooting geographically wise. You want the Dodgers in it. But I, I want to see I want to see the Cubs And the Indians Because these are two teams That no one Not that no one expected Because the Cubs have a good roster But no one expected The Indians to be this far And then I kind of want the Cubs To break the curse finally So either way You get a happy ending Cleveland gets a second Consecutive champion Or you get Chicago fans Who finally can get over Bartman And all the curses And, and all of this stuff And they can win it. They can win a World Series So if I can have those two teams I'm happy So this game to me really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I would want either of them to lose in the next round. So yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, <laughs> uh, it's fair, you know. But I feel anything less than a World Series at least appearance for the Cubs is not gonna do it. You know, obviously they want to win the title, so they are fans. So if they do not get there, unfortunately, you win 103 games, it's just not enough. You know, it's a bit of a disappointment. But uh, you know, it's been it's been a fun National League ride so far. American League, we've already spoken about it. not so much. But uh, you know, I think this Cleveland, uh, Tam- uh, excuse me, Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland Toronto series that gets underway tomorrow night will be exciting uh it's gonna be plenty of offense and uh you know sit back and enjoy because hey anything is possible this time of year and as we always say at the Mike and Mo show without life there's no sports so we're enjoying it we're having a good time episode 35 is in the books of course you can find us on all the social media platforms Instagram Facebook Twitter Mike and Mo Show is the is the way to go. The at, the hashtag, whatever you want to call it, mentalitymedia.com slash Mike and Mo Show. And, of course, you can li- listen to us officially on Stitcher. That is the place to like and share all that good stuff. Mo, anything else you need to share with everyone before we wrap it up?
1: I know you people, I know we haven't talked a lot of college football, but I know you people are following my Michigan Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh is doing his thing out there. He's going to the Final Four. As I said before the season started, Go Wolverines. Go Jim Harbaugh. Show them. Show them everything you got because you have more wins than the 49ers do right now in college. So there you go. That's that's my parting shot. Again, me and J.R. Smith do book study every Sunday shirtless <laughs> in the club, throwing dollar bills. You know, nice women, not doing anything with them, just having fun, yeah, just right. relaxing, just yeah. chilling out mm-hmm. until he signs his new contract with Cleveland because we all know LeBron has to take him back. And we will welcome LeBron to our next book study. But until then, until he signs that contract, we just got to stay far, far away and enjoy ourselves. But that's my parting shot. Shout out to J.R. Smith
0: on that one. back! I'll be hanging out with Tim Tebow in Arizona, taking the sun and giving back to all the people that need a little bit of love in their life. Bringing, bringing, bringing people back. You know, that's what we do here at the Mike and Mo Show. Me, Tim Tebow, drinking milk, Mike and, uh, you know, Mike and Mo Show. Just, you know, reaching out. Reaching out to everyone that needs a little something, something in their life. Especially at the club in Brooklyn with J.R. Smith.
1: Can you believe that Mike's having milk with Tim Tebow, and yep. I'm having book study with Jared Smith at the club? Can you believe that? That's that's pretty much where we are right now, that's, folks.
0: That's if the way the way the world works. Well, that is that for episode thirty-five. We'll be back next week, gearing up for the NBA season. It is almost here. The NFL will be right about at the midway point and of course we'll be right there gearing up for the world series it's a it's a really exciting time in the world of sports i think the nhl started so there's that too if that's your cup of tea but regardless we love you mike and mo show until next time i'm mike
1: calendrilo he's maurice moan and we'll catch you next week take care god bless